0: Hello and welcome to the latest Bicom podcast, I'm Richard Pater, the director of Bicom, based in Jerusalem. It's Thursday the 16th of July and I'm joined today by Professor Avi Weiss from the Taub Centre for Social Policy Studies in Israel. The Taub Centre is an independent socio-economic research institute based in Jerusalem. Professor Avi Weiss is there, is the president of the Taub Centre, he's an expert in applied economics, industrial organisation and employment. In the past, Professor Weiss has served as the chief economist of the Israel Antitrust Authority and various economic missions, including the Trachtenberg Committee um, set up after the summer uh, protests of uh, the social protests of summer two thousand eleven, which we'll also uh, discuss shortly. Um, uh, Professor Harvey Weiss, first of all, welcome back to the podcast. It's kind of uh, ironic. The last time we spoke, um, just before the election in February, we were discussing the uh, the costs of the uh, of the extra elections on the Israeli economy, I think now we're in a different, uh, a different world and a different, uh, a different uh, degree of uh, of economic concern. But thank you very much indeed for joining me again.
1: Well, thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure to be back. Uh, I've enjoyed our previous conversations, and I'm sure this one will be no different. And so, yes, we I mean, are in a completely different world. Absolutely. Um, well, let's let let's let's
0: start off. I mean, we've seen kind of the uh, the harsh unemployment figures and the uh, and the, uh, the, the the shrinking assessments of economic growth. Um, just how bad is the shape is the economy in right now?
1: The, the economy is, is, is definitely suffering. There's no question about it. The unemployment numbers are, are, might be a little bit misleading. Well, first of all, you know, uh, unemployment was redefined in order to be able to include people who were put out on unpaid leave. Um, so that the numbers, you know, the, the, the general definition, the usual definition of unemployment are people who are um, looking for a job, but have not found a job the people who put out an unpaid leave would generally not be included in unemployment. They continued to get benefits. They were not looking for new, for new employment at that time, um, and therefore they would not have been generally included. But in this case, they did include them, and that's why the numbers shot up to you know, well over 25%. Um, it remained high, but the truth is that the latest numbers that came out show that there has been quite a bit of, of um, people ca- going back into work, and that the numbers are significantly down. The latest numbers just put out by the Central Bureau of Statistics showed—I don't remember the exact number—but it was a little bit under 11%. I think it was 10.7% uh, unemployment. Now that's including those who were put on unpaid leave. That's really very, very significant, and, and part of it, of course, happened because the government, you know, did give uh, incentives for 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 um, employee employers to, uh, to to bring people back in. And uh, and in fact, the, the way that they gave it. Was that you basically got a uh, an, the incentive payment whether you took somebody full time or part time? So it gave an incentive to bring people in part time because you got larger stipends that way. So therefore, people who might have been full time workers beforehand became part time workers. Now that that's good and bad. On the one hand, it gives people the the uh, the ability to reconnect with their firms and be able to be able to move back in later on. On the other hand, because of the way that the uh, that the Um, unemployment system works in Israel, once you take that job, you are no longer eligible to get the unemployment benefits. Unlike what happened in in many other European countries, what you had happened there was that if you worked in a part-time job, let's say 50% job, you would still be able to get 50% of your unemployment uh, benefits and therefore you had the incentive to move back into work. Here, if you lose the entire incentive once you go back to work at all, then it may not be worthwhile to go back and take a part-time job. So so there are pluses and minuses to what's being done. I think one thing that would really uh, uh, sig- significantly improve things would be uh, to allow people to have part-time uh, unemployment benefits and not rather than only full-time unemployment benefits.
0: And Is that, do you think, uh, is that a, a decision that the, that the authorities are considering? Is that on the agenda?
1: I don't know whether it is or not. Um, it, it is something that has been mentioned that they understand what, 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 what has happened in other countries. They know the, uh, the German, everybody's talked about the German model, uh, which of course goes, goes way back. It's not something that was created for now, but it's, it's something that worked very, very successfully in 2008 when they had the uh, large financial crisis. Um, and, uh, and it basically allowed people, first of all, it, it, it made it so that people got their, uh, their, their, uh, their salaries rather than unemployment benefits. In other words, people who were even not working uh, um, were, were were basically still paid through their firms, and the government would give the money to the firm, and the firm would pass the money along, which which of course retained the uh, the relationship between the firm and the worker much more closely than being put on unpaid leave. It made it you know much easier for people to move back in uh, afterwards. But also what they allowed was they allowed part time, so you'd only be, be working sixty percent jobs, so the other forty percent of the salary would still be paid by the government. But but the, but the thing is that Um, there's much more more careful tracking of the number of hours that people are working in Germany than there is in Israel. So it would be much harder to enforce that uh, properly, to know what's actually going on in Israel, if you were to allow that model. And because of that, the Israeli, the the, the system in Israel, the the government of Israel, uh, decided not to go that way. Um, but 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 clearly there is, there is a, a room there is knowledge about it and there is, and people do recognize some of the benefits of it but also that there are concerns with respect to people uh, utilizing the system in a way that that is not uh, it is not meant to be utilized
0: now last night i mean just so just co- co- conveniently for for our podcast sake last night They did that for you richard They did that for Absol- you Absolutely. Um, well, it did it, it did it for all of us, apparently. Um, what I'm alluding to is that last night, the prime minister and the finance minister announced a six billion shekel fund of grants to be handed out to every Israeli family, um, every adult over the age of 18. And uh, depending on the number of children you have, you'll get more um, and, uh, and single, single adults get less. But every, everyone gets kind of across, across the board. What did you make of that decision?
1: Well, well, this is the second time they've done that. They did that right before uh, Passover, right before Pesach. They did that also, where I think it was 500 check-out that every everybody got, um, and 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 that was automatically deposited into your accounts. You know, I think that. So this is the second time that that's being done. I think I think that there 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 is a some type of misconception about what the effect of this type of uh, payment uh, can do. Um, there is a uh, a long time. Um, you know, what, what was discussed was the, was, I'm sorry for those who, who are not economists, uh, I'll, I'll speak in the language of those who are economists will, will be able to immediately grasp it. There's something called the, the Keynesian model. Um, and uh, John Maynard Keynes, uh, a, a very famous economist, was talking about the time of the Great Depression and before the Great Depression in the 1930s. Um, he, uh, his theory basically was was that, and this is what you learn in at the beginning of introductory macroeconomics is that uh, if you extend, if you increase income of people, they will spend more, okay? And that's what happens when, 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 when you get an increase in your, in your income, you're going to be spending more money and therefore that can, that there's a multiplier effect and that can have an effect on the entire economy, <clears throat> excuse me, and help the economy, let's say get out of a recession, be able to improve its, its, uh, its situation. The thing is that it was shown a very, very long time ago that you must differentiate, and it was Milton Friedman, you must differentiate between uh, permanent income and temporary income, that you need to think about if you have an, in, an increase in your income that is going to last, so you're getting another thousand shekel a month uh, every month uh, for, for, you know, well, for the rest of your life, but you know, you're gonna be getting a permanent income in, uh, increase, that is going to spark in, uh, increased consumption because some of it you're going to save, but some of it you're going to use. You're going to expand what you're, do, what you're doing with, the, with what you have because you have more. But if you have a one-time shock, if you have a single income uh, effect, that's not really going to have, be, have much of an effect in the short run because, or in the long run because of the fact that you will spread that over a long period. Um, so, so therefore, the effect is very, very different. So to expect it, this to lead to a large increase in Uh, consumption in israel i think is 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 a misconception and and personally and personally you know i'm not sure that i deserve to get a an increase in uh in in, 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 this one-time payment you know there are people who need it but i'm not sure that 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 everybody I'm, i'm sure that not everybody
0: Sure. I mean, um, Prime Minister Netanyahu, kind of, who credits himself, or kind of, is widely viewed, kind of, as having a strong grasp of macroeconomics, surely knows all 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 these basic principles. Why do you think he's kind of he's gone against his own his his own previous record of uh, of, and and of of what he's now implementing?
1: Uh, I'm not really sure what the answer is to that. And uh, in any case, I try not to get into political uh, discussions. Fair (laughs) enough. you knew
0: that, yeah. Richard. You knew that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. You can't blame me for trying. Um, <laughs> you can't blame me. For, you can't blame me for
1: sidestepping.
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, and I mean, an, another aspect of kind of the latest government policy has been this uh, this eighty or ninety billion shekel uh, emergency fund for small businesses and the self-employed. Is this an appropriate step? Is this going to help uh, help the economy?
1: Yeah, I I, I think that. Okay, this is, this, is a difficult, this, is, this is important, but, but this is a, a difficult uh, thing to do. So we, I think we've got to divide the Israeli population or, or, the, or the earmarked money into different categories. First of all, the easiest uh, population are the people who are employed by others. Those people, the government and the tax uh, authorities, have very, very clear uh, tracking, very good knowledge... About who they are, how much they're earning, how much they're no longer earning—you have all that information at the push of a button. That's really easy to get a hold of, and those are the populations that are easiest to handle. And that it was done very, very quickly, and and that the unemployment was given very, very quickly. The decision about whether to go out on unpaid leave or to keep or to use the German-type model—that's a different decision that came from different uh, um, considerations. But still, whatever it is, whatever way you decide to go. They're easy to handle because you have the information very, very easily. The, uh, the, the amount of information you have about uh, business owners, about, about the people who are independent, is, is much more sporadic. It's not as immediate, it's not as good, um, and therefore that's where the problems started. So now, there it's also, you have to basically differentiate between two different uh, uh, parts. You have to differentiate from the individual level, a person who is earning, who's an independent and had a certain income that they were living off of, and now they don't have that anymore, or it's gone down very, very significantly, and, and, the, and, the, and the firm level, whether you want to help the business itself. Now, with respect to helping the individuals, that's really important to do, because you do have all these uh, you know, large number of people who really were significantly harmed by, by, by what happened, and continue to be significantly harmed. And the result is, you know, they could have difficulty, you know, I'm not going to say feeding their families whatever you want to say the level is, but they can have very, very significant difficulties uh, with respect to being able to stay afloat. And therefore you want to try to help them. The information uh, lack is, is, uh, is burdensome. It's, uh, it's not easy. It requires a lot more time, a lot more energy in order to be able to solve those problems. You can't just do it at the, pu- at the push of a button. And it's also too easy to, to have misinformation, um, you know, and, and, and therefore it's a much more difficult sell. It's much more difficult to do, but that doesn't mean that it's less important than for the person who was employed. It's just as important, but it's harder to do. It's much more difficult. With respect to businesses, the question is much different. We don't know what the world is going to look like the day after Corona. We don't know when the day after Corona is gonna be, but we don't know what the world's gonna look like. What is clear is that thing, there are going to be things that are going to change. Not all the businesses that were in business previously will continue to be. Not all those industries will necessarily be as important. Uh, there, there could well be firms that are going to fail. And they would. If, if, if you support them right now a lot, then they're going to fail afterwards, but they're not going to be able to, co- to continue for a long time. And then the question becomes, you know, how much do you want to intervene? How much do you want to get involved in this one yes and this one no? You definitely don't want to uh, do that but you do know that things are going to change and there are some things perhaps you need to let change. Um, so therefore the, the decisions are much more difficult. Now you do need that bridge, you know, it, 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 it's still, it's still incredibly important because if things fail, if you have uh, you know, a lot of businesses go out of business, they're much harder to start up again afterwards. And therefore mm-hmm. it could have long run implications building what they Talk about this bridge over the, over the, over this period, to basically, allow those firms to be able to survive over that, over that period is still important for the macro economy. But, 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 but there are questions about, you know do you really need to support them at the same level or should you let things fall where they fall? Or you, you very probably have to differentiate between different industries. And then the question is how you choose. So those are difficult decisions. It doesn't mean it's less important. It just means it's much more difficult.
0: Hmm. Thank you for that. Um, if we can change text slightly, I understand that the, the, the tab Center is doing some, uh, some predictions over how uh, the coronavirus itself will, will play out. Um, could, you, could, you, could you tell us kind of where, where, your, where your organization's thinking is on this?
1: Well, I can't I can tell you. I don't even know everything yet. Because we are now, uh, we, we, we started this entire uh, series. We had a blog series going on. And we started this series uh, um, of, of different papers on different issues. Uh, I highly recommend that people uh, go into our, uh, our website because we have some uh, great blogs coming out in the next few days. The first one I think will even come up today. And in this first one, um, w- of which I just, uh, right before this, this, uh, this, this uh, talk, I uh, just uh, sent back comments on the very first blog, um, is giving a, a fairly uh, a scary prediction with respect to, um, to what's gonna happen Uh, uh, now with respect to the number of of ill in Israel. So if you take a look Mm. at the first wave, the largest number of uh, of ill at any any, uh, single period in time was about 9,000. And today you're you're up to about 23,000. So it's more than doubled. It's two and a half times what it was at its peak in the first uh, first instance. But if you take a look at what's actually been happening, it's been increasing incredibly fast. So then the question is how this is going to continue. And if you take uh, what what we're seeing, what we are seeing, then if you look at our main prediction, our, uh, the one that we think is most central, is most likely to happen, we're talking about in the next few weeks, by the end of July, reaching somewhere around 65,000 active cases. Now that's wow. tripling compared to what it is now, and that's going to put an incredible burden on the hospital system. Now the other part that, uh, of that is. That the uh, that the people who are getting coming down uh, ill uh, tend to be they they always tended to be young in Israel but they tend to be a higher percentage young than in the past the the the, uh, the more elderly have been a lot more uh, more careful than than uh, than in the past and therefore the numbers are really moved towards the younger population so what that's going to do with respect to the number uh, the mortality numbers may not be as as um, you know cr- incredible. As what we're talking about uh, with respect to the to the confirmed cases but still it's going to put a huge burden on the hospital system on the doctors on the nurses and uh and that's and and that's that scenario there are scenarios in which you know we, we have a lot of talk about about uh, about a uh, put, about having another closure and uh and that may be the right thing to do because if you were, were to really close things down for a few weeks um you would be able to get very, very far. Now, the thing is, it takes a couple of weeks until you see the results of a closure because, because what we're seeing now are things that happened a couple of weeks ago. You know, when, 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 when everything opened up and it opened up too quickly and too freely because people really, you had all these pictures of people just gathering in these large parties and stuff like that. That's going to, to, to lead to a lot of uh, contagion.
0: But the, the over, an overall lockdown, what would that do to the economy?
1: It would harm it very much you've got to do it very, very smart you've got to do it th- you have to do it differently. You have to to uh, even an overall even an overall lockdown I don't think would look like the overall lockdown we did last time. I think you would you would allow more businesses to stay open. I think you would allow you know more of the workers in the business staying open, being very, very careful about keeping separate, be very careful about you know wearing masks, all the things that need to be done, but I don't think you would quite, it would quite be the level of what happened then. I don't know, you know, we're, we're gonna to have to see what happens. I don't think it would be quite the level that happened then. So you would keep the economy going at a higher level and therefore the uh, the, the damage wouldn't be as great. You know, there are some really interesting studies that have shown that it wasn't the close down that actually uh, uh, caused the, um, the loss of income. That a lot of the loss of, of, of income in the economy would have happened even if there were no clo- uh, closure. And that, that the reason is that people in a time of of, uh, of economic uncertainty, tend to be much more uh, uh, careful. They tend to take a lot, less, uh, a lot less, they tend to purchase a lot less. They tend to save a lot more money. And therefore the slowdown that happened in consumption might've happened anyway. Now that's not true, of course, in all industries. There is still a bit of a difference, but when you compare different places uh, that, did, that took different steps, you don't see huge differences in how much income they actually lost.
0: Very interesting. Thank you. Um, I, I mentioned at the beginning, um, you were part of the, uh, the Trachtenberg committee that, set up, that was set up after the social protests of um, summer 2011. We saw an event in Tel Aviv just this week marking the nine-year anniversary, and in a sense, in the context of, of, of everything else that we've discussed, kind of restarting that sort of protest movement. Um, I mean, how relevant do you think the recommendations that your committee made nine years ago are, are relevant, are relevant today? And how, how kind of justified is a renewal of the protest?
1: Look, uh, you know, again, <laughs> again, staying away from from political discussions, um, because, you know, I know that's hard to do in a, in a program like this. But it's something that, that I have to do because our, our center, of course, is so apolitical. Um, uh, certainly, the protest is in some ways similar, and in some ways, very different. Uh, in one way, it's one way, it's similar is when you think about who it is that is protesting. Now the people, the, when you take a look at the, at the protests in 2011, so it was shown afterwards that the people who protested were those from the 6th, 7th, and 8th deciles. In other words, those in the upper half of the income uh, uh, um, scenario, the people who were in the ninth and 10th, those who were really very, very high in their income relatively, uh, they were not part of the protest. And the people in the lower half of the of the income distribution, they were also not part of the protest. This was this was middle uh, earners, okay, uh, middle income. Type, uh, hmm. type uh, now, if you take a look at today, that's also it seems. We don't know for sure because we haven't been able to do that breakdown. But it seems that um, it's, it 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 seems like it's like it's probably a similar uh, population. That you're not talking about those who are very well off. You're not because uh, they're not the ones who are going to to, to need this. You're not talking about those who are very poorly off because they're the ones who are being, who are, who are employed by other people. And they're the ones who are getting the unemployment benefits. So they're not the ones who are losing. The ones who are losing will tend to be those upper middle type of, upper middle class uh, type of uh, of people who are, you know, business owners and, be, and, and usually have a reasonable income. Uh, and therefore it's likely that it's a similar type of population in terms of the, uh, the income structure. Uh, but on the other hand, the issues, of course, are completely different. Um, there, you know, in, he, here there was this big outside shock. And the question is, how well are you handling the outside shock? And there are clearly people who are suffering very, very greatly from this. Um, you know, some people will, will like the protest. Some people will agree with it more. Some people will agree with it less. Those can also get into political issues with, it, with without any doubt. And you do see that a lot of political issues, you know, are, are brought into this. Um, and 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 there's no question that these are things that that will have to be handled. But but still, I, I think it's very different. The things in Trachtenberg were were some very specific issues that dealt with uh, with the, with the price levels inside of Israel, um, both respect to housing and we all remember cottage cheese. But cottage cheese was just symptomatic of, of food prices in Israel generally, um, which mm. had gone up since about two thousand and eight. Um, if you ever want Richard, I can sit down with you and give you a whole lecture on exactly what happened in two thousand in. Uh, in, in with respect to prices in Israel uh, between two thousand eight two thousand eleven, and, and uh, I promise you'll be interested. <laughs>
0: we can definitely do that another time. Um, the, the last, the last topic I wanted to just uh, to discuss with you. Um, we have the the government, the new government, relative forms needs to pass <laughs> a, a budget. Um, the, the, there's been a recent tradition in Israel of passing two-year budgets, effectively, the last budget that was passed, I understand, is, was, was the winter of 2017, which we're still working off. There is a, there is a political debate over passing a one-year or two-year uh, budget, right. of, avoiding, avoiding the, uh, the political context of that. Um, from an economic perspective, what do you think makes the, the most sense for right now?
1: Look, you know, there, there are, of course, arguments in both directions. You could say that you know, we're already in July of 2020. To now pass the budget for, for only a few more months uh, basically means you have to start the process all over again for, for, for going forward. You know, we need the budget for 2020 first, and then you need the budget for 2021. So to some extent, it seems to make sense to say, well, you know, let's do both at once and get them in together, so that would be the two-year budget. But on the other hand, you're in a situation that is so liquid right now, it's so volatile, and to mm. be able to come and say, you know, we know what's necessary for 2021. We really don't know what's necessary for 2021. So to come down and say, you know, it doesn't make sense to look that far forward to 2021. Let's finish 2020, and then towards it, we'll have to we'll pass a new budget 2021 when we have a little more certainty about what's going to be going on in the in the future. Because really, really, everything is changing so fast.
0: Um, so, when, so, the, when we, so I, so I sidestepped again, Richard. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but what are the what are, what are the uh, the key indicators? What should we be looking out for in the in, in the budget? Particularly, I would say for the uh, to how in, in efforts to stimulate the economy or or to suggest other other priorities. What what should we look out for?
1: Well, well, it's all going to come into play. The unemployment rate is going to come into play. Uh, because because of the fact that we ha- that you know that if you have to continue paying a lot of unemployment insurance then that's going to be very very costly for the budget that may go down significantly it may not go down significantly what's happening to businesses is going to be very important what's opened up what hasn't opened up what has failed what has not failed it's just so many things can change here that 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 it's uh, it's it's just it's just very liquid.
0: Um, well, in the context of that liquidity, we may have to come back to you again in the future for, to get some, uh, some further insight analysis. But for today, thank you very much indeed. That was really, really fascinating and very useful. Thank you. Well, Richard,
1: you always know where to find me and uh, I'm always happy to speak with you.
0: That's, re- that's, that's really great. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks a lot. Bye bye.